Today on Lockdown Red Wings, David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins reportedly wants out. Is there a fit here in Detroit? And also, The Athletic released a poll of the best play-by-play TV crews in the NHL, and you'll never guess who number one was. You'll guess. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a producer over at 97 on the ticket, while Scotty is host over at Lockdown Tigers as well, and also freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, Scotty, today we're going to be talking Brian. about, like I teased in the cold open there, the David Pasternak trade rumors. Um, second time this season, uh, reportedly a player has wanted out of the Boston. Second time this season we've talked about possibly trading for said player. And also the second time in two days, we've talked about the Boston Bruins in some capacity because they also just fired their head coach on Monday. So we're suddenly becoming kind of locked on Boston Bruins esque in a way with all the Boston Bruins talk we got, but they're a deep team with a lot of players that apparently don't want to play for them anymore. So they're, uh, they're going to be a topic of conversation. Step in uh, Steve Eiserman. Step in Steve Eiserman. You know, that's uh, by God, that's his music. That is. Uh, as well as, of course, Scotty, The Athletic released an article polling the fan bases on who they think the best TV play-by-play crews are in the NHL. And we're going to break that down because it's really interesting where Lockdown Red, or not Lockdown Red Wings, but where the... It's interesting Bally's, where we land on that list. It's interesting where we you. land on the play-by-play Let crews. tell you. It's interesting where the... <sighs> Valley Sports Detroit crew lands on that uh, list. But before we get to any of that, I, I want to ask you, did you end up seeing any of the Avalanche Oilers game four? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic game. Uh, I mean, I think that um, I think that it could have, like, if it wasn't 3-0, I mean, like, it could have been, you know, but, but a little more exciting. But, it, I mean, it was still a great a great hockey game, obviously. Went into overtime and everything. Um, yeah, a lot, uh, lot, lot of memes came out of that game, too. That's for sure. A uh, lot, of, lot of memes. But, yeah, well, it, was a, it was a, I mean, it was a great hockey game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think clearly the deserving team is is going on so i mean with the two offenses that were going at it i mean obviously colorado's got a pretty good defense but the other team has Connor mcdavid it very much became a what is a deep what is a defense type of series mm-hmm. with just yeah. the amount of goals that were being scored and were being and in, which is not unfamiliar more important depth or having one of the best players of all time well clearly we found out depth is more important because the colorado avalanche say. who have elite talent and depth end up winning that series they were were they down three to one, four to one at one point? Fought all the way back to win that game in overtime. Yeah, and uh, yep. really the key thing we got to remember here, Scotty. Good for Darren Helm. Good for Darren Helm. It's going to be Good the first Darren Stanley Helm. Cup final he's been to since 2009, where he sent the Detroit Red Wings to the Stanley Cup final in an overtime winner against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he does not ha- yet have a ca- uh, a cup, a Stanley Cup ring, and so I think. 
is it, is it is it blasphemy to say that I might be rooting for Colorado just solely so Darren Helm can get his ring? I don't think it's blasphemy. I I, I do think that a lot of people are going to have a problem with you saying that out loud. I, I, I just, don't think that that's going to go over lightly. I don't think people are going to be like, oh yeah, totally, dude. I don't think that's going to be the reaction. Yeah. But I do think that there is also a lot of people that agree with you. I just don't necessarily. I mean, the rivalry's dead, so. I'm not rooting for Colorado of the nineties. I'm not rooting for Colorado of the early two thousands. Um, I'm rooting for this Colorado because Darren Helm is on that current team and he's a former Red Wing. And I believe he's the only former Red Wing that's left in the playoffs. So I'm just like, and I, I'm not like if Darren Helm doesn't want to stand up, I'm not going to be crying, but it's like, it gives me some kind of investment. You might in the up final. You kind of look might. like you might. I am tearing up, but that's allergies. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I look the rivalry. Who's a fan favorite? Yeah, the, the rivalry certainly is is not what it it was uh, in in the glory days for for both of these teams. But I still understand, you know, screw the Avalanche forever. I, I very much get that mentality. Um, but uh, you know, Helm's Helm. I, I would like to see some Darren Helm success. Yeah, I would too. And I mean, whoever wins the East, I. I think I would prefer New York at this point, but if the light, I, a lot of people are fed up with the lightning, but if the lightning, I just go don't to the final, like who wants to see the Tampa Bay lightning three Pete. The like, only reason I could get, get on board with it. I'm not saying I am, but like I could, is just again, because like it's very much a core built that Steve Eisman did. And so it's like still further than validates Steve Eisman's abilities, but we're how also much more validation. Do we really, well, need and also that, we're though. getting to the point where we are kind of, three years removed from Iserman being GM. So how much longer can we continue to give him that credit? I mean, he is responsible for Vasilevsky, but Kucherov and, or not, not Kucherov, Hedman and Stamkos were already there when he came in. So, I mean, there are still a lot of that core pieces there, but this, the general manager now has done a lot too. Um, but sure. I just wanted to riff a little bit about that because that, that game last night was crazy. It was but getting, insane, yeah. getting into our so, topic for today. Fluto Shinzawa of the Athletic Boston reported today that David Pasternak does not want to re-sign with the Boston Bruins and that trading will reinitiate or initiate a rebuild, which is something I, I didn't mention yesterday when talking about Bruce Cassidy because I wasn't fully sold on that being the case for Boston. But with the ever-circling circling rumors that Bergeron may be retiring, again, those are just rumors and speculation. And with the firing of Cassidy when it happened, and now the rumors that Pasternak, on top of DeBrusque, who remember earlier in the season put in for a trade request, want out of Detroit or out of Boston, rather. It kind of does signal the end of the Boston Bruins dominance era. It begins to maybe secure the fact that they might be entering a rebuild and they're a team that very much has had success longer than what most people would be expected. I mean, we were talking about it this season with how stacked the Atlantic division. And we mentioned like, when does this window close for Boston? It feels like that window finally is shutting, if not already shut. And if Pasternak does end up getting traded and not resigning, boom, there it is. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that this is you're starting to see the beginning of the end, and they might hold on to enough pieces like that. That's still 
you know, age included, that's still a, a very talented roster they got over there, even with the loss of a couple of guys. Like that's a that's a damn good hockey club. And so I, I think even if they lose a chunk of guys, they they might still try and maybe like one last dance it, you know what I mean? And and just yeah. try and hold what they do have together and, and try to make one more push for it. But I mean, we're just in the last, what, three days, we've already talked about <laughs> quite a few of their, their bigger pieces leaving. So um, I, I think that this is definitely um, maybe the beginning of the end. Uh, again, they, they might hold it on, hold on to it for one more year, maybe fight scrapped and claw their way into a wild card spot next year, even if they do lose a couple of big guys. But, I think the beginning of the end has has certainly started and that window has certainly began closing. So that brings us to the Detroit Red Wings now, who with projected $35 million of cap space could very well take on a David Pasternak. And obviously the fit has to be there for Pasternak as well as he does have a modified no trade clause. So he for can sure. submit a 10 team list of teams he doesn't want to go to. Um, but he's only 26 years old. He's a right-handed forward coming off a 40 goal season. This guy could immediately come in to Detroit and ignite this rebuild. Like, really take it a huge step forward. And that's something we have talked about, is getting that guy in to take the next step forward for Detroit. To really not just make us take a step forward, but a leap forward. Make us way more competitive. And if the Detroit Red Wings want to do that this offseason, assuming that's what they want to do, then making a pitch for David Pasternak, who, mind you, has one more year of $6.6 million left on his contract, this is a guy that could completely turn around your rebuild in one year. Not turn around as, like, they're, they're not heading in the right direction, but make them take a leap forward in right, their rebuild. Big step forward, for sure. Yeah, and, like... I mean, there's a there's there's a lot there, and like a, a trade package would be would be pretty wild. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, I mean, optically, it certainly seems like a like a fun move to make for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's at 26 years old. He, 26, he's had man, 26, 26 years old, who has had a 30 plus Larkin goal made. season, with the exception of 2020, 2021, and. Every season since 2016, 2017, which is the year that Bruce Cassidy took over as well. So you might also, if you get Bruce, Bruce Cassidy, if he becomes the head coach that you gather, um, that might become an allure for David Pasternak, assuming that that uh, relationship was good, which it was, according to Patrice Bergeron, came out today, said he wasn't going to even entertain the thought that the reason uh, Bruce Cassidy was fired was because he wasn't, he didn't mesh well with the players. So yeah. that could I mean, very well be a lure. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it could. And and I think, I, I don't think you do a move like that. I think at the end of the day, you, you get the head coach you want because they're a good head coach, not because, oh, this head coach oh, can no, get me yes. another player. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just but saying if, if they were. But if you do believe that that is the best option, it's a little icing on the cake for sure. It absolutely is. It's it's the A.J. Hinch-Korea um, train that <laughs> sure. we were all hoping would sure. come to fruition that did not. Um I want to continue this conversation, but I do got to talk to the people today about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to Storage stock of all the parts, parts that you, you need. need. I lost my spot. Thank you, Scotty. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. It's funny. You don't even have it up. You have that memorized. 
I, and wait, I have my own show too. Yeah. <laughs> and while, but I don't have it memorized yet. I wouldn't be able to say that. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and use the and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. rockauto.com. .com. Segment 2 Locked on Red Wings pod- podcast we are talking about the possibility we're, we're, we're getting the temperature of the water on David Pasternak being traded to the Detroit Red Wings as it came out um, on Tuesday that he may not want to resign with the Boston Bruins when his contract is up at the end of the 2023 season. If you're the Detroit Red Wings, you absolutely want to look at a guy like that. Um, but the question becomes, does he want to come to Detroit? Because sure. he, in the prime of his career, looking for his next big payday, is probably also trying to go to a team who is in a win-now mode. I think there is very much, I think there is convincing that can be done. I mean, you if, you, if you're calling on David Pasternak and assuming you're not on his no-trade, no, tr- 10-man no-trade clause list, you call him up, you're Steve Eisenman, you go, listen, David, I know you want to win a Stanley Cup. You come here, we are so much closer to winning a Stanley Cup. We He's, have more cider yeah. just one Calder, which again is going to happen any day now. We'll find out yeah, any day. Uh, I mean, the, sure. yeah, this is a guy that has been top. I mean, has gotten hard votes for like each of the last three seasons, and I think has a top five finish in there a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're like, we have more cider. Simon Edmondson is on the way, so defensive core is getting way better. We have. $35 million in cap space. We have the money to sign you to the extension you want and get others to compliment Dylan Larkin. Right. That's the biggest Tyler lure, I, I think. Lure? Lucas lure? Raymond. Lure? Yeah, lure. That, that's the biggest lure. lure. Definitely not lore. Lure is the word I was thinking of. Um, we have that... the lore. We're an original six team as well. <laughs> we have that too, yeah. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest lure you have is like, hey, we uh, we might be the, the only team that can – we already have talent up and coming. We already have a young core. We have enough money to pay you and like a lot more people to put around you along with the core, the young core that we already have coming up. We have the ability to do that. We have the ability to give you your payday and give other players out there a payday to compliment you. We, we, we can do it all. Like there's not for too many teams that can say that. And it's not just points. It's like, it's not even just that he was phenomenal because the players he was playing with, which we all know just isn't true. But for any naysayers that may be out there this past season, he had an expected goals above replacement of 20, 19.9. He would, he on his own provided 19.9 expected goals above replacement and his expected wins above replacement. The amount of wins he brought the Boston Bruins above a replacement level player was three and a half all on his own. That is he's really a, he's a good. he's a Richard winner, right? Didn't he lead the league so, in goals yeah. a couple years ago? Yeah, he, 20, yeah. I mean, again, twenty six years old. This yeah, guy, you get crazy. him, he's immediately a central piece of your core, and he plays right wing, which is a position of need for the Detroit Red Wings. Like that's very much a, a piece that they need. You might for have sure. to unfortunately knock any forward depth is line, gonna but, is gonna be helpful. Yeah, any forward depth you can get is gonna be helpful. 
it, he's just such a no-brainer. But then the problem becomes, Scotty, It just comes down to what you're going to give up. What you're going to give up for a guy like David uh, Which is going to be pretty hefty, yeah. It's going to be pretty hefty. And now, it, you it, have... The thing is, you've been collecting draft capital. Yes. You, you've been collecting it. And that's why you hoard draft capital. You don't... It's you, not I, just I think, for using them in the draft. It's also right. for I think there's a common misconception yeah. of, like, people think that you just acquire a bunch of draft picks just so that you can have a bunch of draft picks. No, you acquire a bunch of draft picks... So that you have the flexibility of we can take people in every single round. And now that we have more picks, we can then move those said picks as well and, and try and, and, and package them with stuff. You know, just getting as many assets as possible is the goal of, of a general manager for of a rebuilding team. So uh, that that will help us a lot, but we're not going to be able to do it without giving up uh, one of the probably bigger name prospects at that. That's what I was going to say, because if the Boston Bruins do trade David Pasternak, it's absolutely going back to what we start, said at the start of the episode signifies the start of a rebuild for the Boston Bruins. So they're going to be looking to begin to accumulate draft prospects uh, or draft picks and prospects. So you're going to have to give up. It's probably going to start with your number number eight overall pick, which honestly, for David Pasternak, I'd be comfortable giving up. Yeah, number for eight. Sure. On for top sure. of that, you're going to have to give up one of your blue chippers. Right. Um, and that, you, that's the killer. That's, that's like, the killer. That's the part that sucks. Like, I, I think everyone is okay with giving up eight for him. I think everyone's okay with giving up eight and maybe like a third or rounder. Like, yeah, I think or one are, of our are, second rounders we have are right, we have like two pretty, second rounders. pretty willing to, to give up some of those top end uh, draft picks for him. I think the real killer is, is going to be the fact that you're going to have to give up one of those better picks on top of uh, one of the prospects that you don't want to let go of. So, I mean, you're looking at, are you willing to give up a, not Moritz Sider, he's off, he's off limits. No, absolutely not. Are you willing to give up a Lucas Raymond, a Simon Edvinson? Like, that's where it gets really hard because these mm. are prospects we are so <laughs> high on. But David Pasternak right. at 26 years old is a proven winner. Right. So, so the other thing is, uh, I think the wings going back to a conversation earlier, probably only make this deal with confidence that they can extend him immediately. Exactly. That's another uh, thing I don't, too. I don't think there's any universe where the wings are just going to do this, not fully believing that they're going to extend him. I, I think that it's a, it's a, you know, trade and sign. It would have to situation. be like a verbal agreement when the trade right. is made is that he's correct, which we've seen before. That's not, yes. that's not like a ridiculous ass. Like that happens all the time in, in hockey and basketball. So um, I, I think that that for starters, like that's definitely a big one. Um, <laughs> I, it's, that's tough, man. It's tough. Like, I really, I, I really don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, but this is, this is the price but, you pay. I for... mean, right. We're talking about a, a dude who, you know, like, could, okay. So... Could bag 50 and 82. I, and I'm trying to get my bias out of it because you always hear these potential trades and underselling, like the fans of the team trying to trade. It's hard. The player it's always hard to convince anybody on Raymond because you're then just swapping a forward for a forward, and and uh, not you know obviously a forward who just scored forty goals though. Right, so uh, right. Like, I'm not saying that they're the same talent of of player, obviously, but when you're talking about team needs and depth and everything. Um, you know, he, he certainly makes the top line better, certainly. But but you're kind of right back where you started as far as what's going on with lines two through four. Um, 
Advent, and then like, but that is the same breath. Advinson sucks too because you have one good defender at the NHL level. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I think That's I'd tough, be. Man. This is gonna be blasphemous, and I would be bummed. Like this, this I want to preface by saying I would be bummed if this were to happen, but I think I'd be more comfortable trading Lucas Raymond than Simon Edvinson just because I feel like the defense needs more help than the forward core at this moment. Um, sure. with like immediate I, I, needs, like right now we. If only you have had to choose side. between those exactly two players, like I, I guess I would choose Raymond too, but that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, ideally, I think that you, if you want to sweeten the pot, if you want to instead keep maybe your second round pick and you want to give them Phil Zadina, twenty two year old looking to revitalize his career. So that that's what I was going to end this conversation on is bringing up him because I, I'm not sure his value is all over the place. Like mo, a lot of players have somewhat of a league-wide value. Everybody, like if you were to rank how valuable a player is, Connor McDavid's a 10 and some pylon is a one, right? Like the, the most players, if you go from GM to GM, are going to have around the same value for most guys, right? Mm-hmm. Philip Zadina is a guy, that that number that is going to change you know, he's never going to be viewed at as like a, an eight or even a seven probably currently. But like, I mean, there's probably some organizations out there that are going to be much more willing to take on a guy like that and believe in him a lot more than other teams. And so I think just the inconsistency of his value, it makes it, I mean, just from fan to fan, you ask Red Wings fans like, hey, how good is Phil Zadina? Like inconsistent as hell, right? So it's, it's just uh, when it comes to trading him, I like who knows who who knows he's definitely nobody thinks he's worth as much as the other two guys aforementioned but um like no one's gonna look at him and be like oh yeah well I, I won't take Raymond but Zadina's fine like no one's gonna think and that like, you, you, they're not gonna want also we gotta remember too like Bertuzzi's been in the conversation for the Red Wings to trade for a while I don't think the Boston Bruins would want Bertuzzi because if they're going to into a rebuild they're gonna want to get younger you're trading a 26 year old for a 26 year old that's not right. getting younger so for sure. that's and why for an extension too. That is exactly really it, it would be a, a null move at that point. So I, I just I think if I were to make a trade offer right this instant for David Pasternak, it would be the eighth overall pick, Philip Zadina, and I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. <laughs> Lucas Raymond. I mean, I, I feel like that is a reasonable draft. Have I, to be. I think like... that's a reasonable, realistic package for a guy who's a proven, like a, a borderline elite player in this league in David Pasternak. I mean, again, he had 40 goals last this year, 20 goals the season before in a shortened season. Then the th- three seasons prior to that over 30. So it's just. Well, we yeah, the season before that is when he was pushing 50. That's when he won the Richard. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. this is where we're at, guys. I mean, if you want to, if you want to make a huge splash in the trade market and get a guy to fast forward your rebuild, you're going so to So that becomes the conversation is like, is what, what's, what's more important to you? Is, is getting that huge bump now? I mean, you can extend him, sure. So is getting that huge bump now. And, and getting competitive and sooner. Immediately and, and yeah, making your top end talent better immediately worth you know, giving up, uh, I mean, at least two, potentially three key pieces for the future. Is, or would that, you, uh, is that yeah, worth two, it? yeah. Or do you want to slow play it and just hope that our own talent plays out? I guess that's the, yeah, that's a good point, Scott. I guess that is the question, isn't it? 
It's definitely an interesting conversation because I'd love that Pasternak in the winged wheel. I just would be scared to yeah, see what we'd have to give would. up. Right. Yeah, I think most people would. So, but at the end of the day, though, the market the market decides it. We've learned that from Steve, man. We learned that just at this past trade deadline, right? Get, I mean, getting a third when nobody wanted. Everyone's like, Where, "Where's the rest of it?" Right? Uh, for Vlad. So, like, at, at the end of the day, the, the market determines that the player's value. So, uh, and he's certainly going to have a hell of a market. You know so who we'll, else uh, will we'll try see. and determine a player's value? Uh, who? Bet oh, online. I <laughs> wonder what gave it away. <laughs> BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, and soon-to-be Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news in MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Did you like that? Just like put it up on the screen like, hey. I did. I did. That was nice, man. We got to do this real quick. Uh, segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to transition now. And they're talking about the Athletics article on who the best TV broadcasting teams are. And, uh, Scotty, you're, you got the article up. Break, break it down for us. Yeah, so so the Athletic did a uh, – it seemed to be kind of like a fan poll where they went and you were asked to rank – this article is by Sean Shapiro and Harmon Dial, by the way, uh, on over at the Athletic. They ranked all 32 broadcast teams, TV broadcast teams, for uh, in the NHL. And the, I mean, do you want to say what the Detroit Red Wings are right now? I mean, I'd imagine it came out on Tuesday. You're listening to this on Wednesday. You've probably already seen it. So uh, the Detroit Red Wings came in as the number one ranked TV crew in the entire NHL. Voted by you. Voted the by the fans. So actually, you know what's crazy? They have where they ranked last season because they did this last year as well. Uh, the Red Wings ranked eight, eighth last year. And then this year they have their national ranking, which is obviously one because that's the what we're celebrating. But then they have their local ranking, which is where the where the city of Detroit ranked them amongst like the four teams. Where the city of Detroit. No, no, no. Where the city of Detroit ranked the Red Wings amongst the entire NHL, the average okay. ranking. And the Red Wings local ranking was third. So while nationally we are the number one ranked um, television broadcast, television broadcast in the entire NHL, the city of Detroit itself, maybe we're just trying to be like modest and we're like, oh, we're probably like the third best. But like we only Good had bronze. us ranked third. Well, who I'm really curious who was ranked second and first on that list then. That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. It only has like the Red Wings, what it only has their local ranking and then their national ranking. It doesn't have what the city of Detroit's entire 32 ranked was. I, I would be really interested to see that. But regardless, um, there are some other, I mean, uh, like really impressive broadcasts on here too. I mean, uh, the Canucks is widely up there every single year, uh, with Shorthouse and, and Garrett and such. So they're, they're always toward the top, 
But one of the ones that I was really uh, happy about was the Seattle Kraken tied for second in their first year of existence. Way to go. That's awesome. Super, super cool. So it's good for the game. Yeah, very. Um, so, yeah, like that, that was just a super cool thing, like seeing uh, the brand new expansion team up there that that uh, that quickly was awesome. Um, do you want to take a crack at who you think the worst in the NHL was? Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins. This is actually really funny. Boston Bruins come in at 30. Oh, so close. So here's the thing. When reading what the 32nd ranked team was, the first sentence is, frankly, it was surprising the Boston Bruins didn't end up in this spot. <laughs> we expect, <laughs> we expected, we fully expected them to be. Uh, but there's, some stuff going on with the 32nd ranked team too that I think played into why they're 32 as well. Chicago Blackhawks? Uh no, I Arizona think Coyotes. Black- yes, the Coyotes are in fact the worst ranked team in the entire NHL. So it's 32 Arizona just local ranking 31 national 32 last season 28. Really not great. Uh the Anaheim Ducks are 31 and their Ooh. local ranking was 32. Wow. That's so rough. they are ranked. They're ranked 31 and their own fan base was like, yeah, these guys suck. They should be the last. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Anaheim. I, I'm available. If you want to mix things up, just yeah, you know, yeah, put my name out sure. there. Well, we already talked earlier. You'll be surprised. We're locked on Red Wings ranks. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. And then the Bruins are 30th. Uh, the Bruins are 30th. The Bruins national rank was 31. Uh, mm-hmm. but they, yeah, even out the local rankings, 23, whatnot. Um, they're, they're broadcaster. They're play-by-play guys. Jack Edwards. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of controversy this year. Massive Homer. Yeah. And he'll like always praise dirty hits by the Bruins and then condemn correct. like things that are just like regular plays on other teams. He's, he's a massive Homer. So he's super polarizing. Well, he the also, Bruins fan base yeah. itself. Yeah. He had a lot of just comments about. Um, just about, yeah, he, he's, he said a lot of stuff. He got himself into a lot of current controversy. He had a, he had a lot of comments about, um, you know, dangerous hits and, and injuries and how, you know, just hockey players today and everything. He, yeah. he's always got something to say and kind of has, um, yeah, more, more old school takes. We'll call them. So, uh, so what were the, what was the top five though, outside of Detroit? Sure. So number one. The Detroit Red Wings. Uh, awesome just write-up, by the way. I don't want to read the whole thing because, like, I want to support writers. You, like, you should go uh, get a subscription and buy it. But um, it is – like, there's one quote in there. It's like, Ken Daniels provides a balanced level of excitement for the Red Wings and their opponents' accomplishments while his enjoyment of the success for the Red Wings is apparent. He can recognize the performance of the opponent. Mickey Redmond brings his usual humor and old school mentality with a balance of insight. He's f- forgotten more hockey than he'll ever know while not holding back on a good ribbing. <laughs> I, that is so on point too. Yeah. So that let, let's cause like, he's open about it. He's like, yeah, I don't remember. Like, I don't... <laughs> well, and what I really love about them too is like somebody said in here, one of the quotes in here is also like, Mickey Redmond's the grandpa of like Detroit, and that could not be more accurate. Oh, like absolutely. Every, the flannels, man. The flannels. Oh, the flannels, baby. 
the Mickey flannels. Yeah, no, it's it's a really cool write up, really cool piece. So uh, definitely, definitely get a subscription to the Athletic and go read it for yourself. Um, the top five, I will read. Um, well, I'll read the top four because there's a tie for second. Red Wings one, Vancouver Canucks and Seattle Kraken tied for two, and then oh, there's a tie for fourth as well. So there you go. Uh, the tie for fourth is the Blues and the Florida Panthers. Okay. So, so there you go. The Red Wings, Ken Callen, uh, Mickey Redmond, to no surprise, are the top. We've been saying it for years. Obviously, it's beginning to get now. They're always in the top 10 when people They're do stuff fantastic. like that. Like, I mean, even last year in the same article written by the same people, they were eight. So, like, seeing them around that, that, thing is is very common and, and not surprising at all and so like it, it is exactly what that quote said it's it's ken daniels and mickey redmond clearly have a passion and a love for the detroit red wings but also while they are you know especially with mickey redmond who played for the red wings are slight homers they're homers in the best kind of way they're homers in the way that they're 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 not afraid of calling out like, when sure. the team's not performing well and like there have been so many nights i've been i've watched a hockey game and someone makes an awful play and mickey redmond goes what were they thinking here what are they doing and also of course the giving the respect to the opponent and letting you know like this is the guy you look out for this is one of the best teams in the nhl they do it so well and and then of course on top of it ken daniel's phenomenal play-by-play ability and mickey redmond's just like you said the humor and the insight as well uh, it just is absolutely a great dynamic, and they absolutely deserve to be in that that, that number one spot. To the point, like, Ken Daniels has gotten recognition before. Back when NBC had the rights, I remember he was calling playoff games. Like, he was being subbed in for playoff games when there were so many going on in the first round. I remember him calling, like, a Philadelphia Flyers first-round game before. So it's just, like, I, I am absolutely in love with it. I love that they're getting recognition, and they deserve to be in that spot. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings. I accidentally just um, minimized the tab because I was trying to go over to my other monitor and go to a different tab on my monitor. And I didn't quite make it, so I thought I had exit out of the entire stream. And I was like, oh, no, did I just exit out of restream right at the end of the podcast? I would have wrapped, wrapped this baby up. You better and, believe it. I would have wrapped this baby up. I like had a mini panic attack, and then I saw like the little toolbar at the bar- bottom, and it's like uh, like Google Chrome was still active. I was like, oh my god, I just minimized it. Thank God. Anyways, want to thank you guys for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, do you have any final thoughts? Question. Bet online. Where the game starts. We ball, baby. We do. I'll be back with a new episode for you guys tomorrow. Stay frosty. Back with a new episode tomorrow, guys. Same time. Same place. It's your team. Every Every day. day.